Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth and to everybody else that needs peace. Okay, I know you're wondering. Yeah, we're going to do it. According to my little old watch, you got 21 minutes. It don't take that long for an airplane to get off the ground. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7. Beginning with verse, uh, excuse me, chapter 2, beginning with verse 7. Uh, we've been preaching on the unfolding of Christmas. Because that's what it's about. It's about Christmas. Christmas is about Jesus. And hey, December the 25th, most of the entire world will be celebrating the birth of Jesus. My question to me and to you is how will you celebrate Christmas? Of course, naturally, the kids and the youngins, hey, they want gifts. They want this. They want that. But we need to instill in them, that's okay, but, Christmas is about giving and not receiving. While I'm talking about that, there's a yellow stripe over here in the floor, so raised up about three-quarters of an inch. Be careful or you'll stumble over it. I know it's there. Uh, last evening, Grady, he knew it was there, and bless his heart, me and him both stumbled over it last night. Uh, so it's right over here, so be careful if you come in that direction. Uh, we don't want anybody to fall. But, you know... It, the Christmas tree. Hey, when I think of the Christmas tree, I think of the cross of Jesus. He died on that tree. We have trees. We decorate those trees. And ornaments of all kind are put on there. But don't forget the real true meaning of Christmas. It's all about Jesus. So I just want to share with you briefly about Jesus and Christmas. First of all, I want us to think about the cradle. We have the manger over here which represents the cradle uh, where Jesus was laid. The Bible says that he came into this world and Mary wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger. We know that the uh, shepherds came. We know that there were animals there. We know that the wise men were getting word through the GPS, God's provided uh, star, and they were coming sometime later, but they were coming to see the Christ child. And you know, I think today, you know, uh, I forget when it was. It must have been last year, year before. There was a manger scene that was set up. It was humongous. And somebody stole the baby out of the manger scene. And uh, of course, they were all looking for that baby Jesus. And that turned into a whole big thing that the whole world needs to be searching for Jesus, right? We need him in our heart. Without him in our heart, you're not going to have a kind of Christmas that the Lord intended for you to have. You're not going to have it. Uh, so it makes sense as we think about Christmas that we think about Jesus in the cradle. Now, hey, you, we got babies over there in the nursery, and I don't know of a soul that don't like to hold little babies. There's something about a little baby, the skin, the smell. I mean, just something about a little baby to, 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 to look up at you and wonder. I wonder sometimes. Uh, our youngest is about five towards six months now. Of course, no, she's not talking yet. She's making noises. But it's, so, it's just an awesome a feeling to hold that baby and to know, hey, it's a real life and you are responsible. And, and to see it look up at you in those little eyes and I wonder sometimes, what are they thinking? And I go to adults as they have Jesus in their heart and in the way we act sometimes, I want to say, what are we thinking? Now, it's important as we notice the cradle, you see it was a promised birth. 
Old Isaiah had the right idea. I mean, he said he would be coming. Way back there in the Old Testament, Isaiah said, be on the lookout for he's coming. And hey, people, they knew it, they had heard it, and they overlooked it. They missed the birth of Jesus. In Isaiah 9, 6, it says, for unto us a child is born. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And he shall be all that we will ever need. He shall be wonderful. He'll be a counselor. He'll be the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He's all of this. Even this morning, Jesus is everything you and I need. He said, well, I need money. What am I going to do? The Bible says go get a job. Hello? The Bible says if you don't work, you shall not eat. Now, hey, you may be looking for a job and you can't find one. Well, the thing is, take anything that comes along. Man, when I, was, when I was just got off the ground and was able to go to work, I, I was working everywhere. I was doing everything I could, three or four jobs. I mean, I would just go from job to job because I wanted to work. I wanted to learn. I wanted to be a good provider. And so Jesus is all that we need this Christmas season. If we exclude him from Christmas and we pass from this life to the next, we may be excluded off of his page. And you don't want to be there. It was a promised birth. It was a pure birth also. The Bible says she was, he was born of a virgin. Pure, clean. How in the world could that be? Don't know other than what the Bible says. This thing that's happened to you, Mary, and he told Joseph the same thing, is of the Holy Spirit of God. Without the Holy Spirit of God, listen, you can't function as a Christian. You must have him in, as a Christian. You have him in your heart. Let him be exposed. Expose him to the world. Tell the world, I'm a Christian because of Jesus' death on the cross and because of the Holy Spirit living in my life. It's amazing to me what God does. And we see uh, this was a planned birth. Way back there in the book of Genesis, Adam and Eve and the serpent. He told Adam, he said, from this day forward, son, you're going you're gonna to catch it. You're going to have to work for a living. You're going to sweat. You're going to have to root and dig your living out of the dirt. And he says to Eve, he said, every time you have a baby, and every woman that has a baby from this day forward is going to experience pain. And for you, serpent, Man is going to be as trying to bruise your head as you nip at his heels. It's happening today. The devil is out to destroy. The Bible says in John 10, 10, I, uh, Jesus said, The thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. The devil wants to steal your blessing, kill your joy, and destroy your testimony. And that's what it's all about. He wants to do that. And he's doing his job. But that verse continues as, But... I, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. You see, God don't want us to hurt and suffer even though that's the devil. We're, we're sick because of sin. Not necessarily in our life, but it all started back there with Adam and Eve. Death began to reign over the entire universe. And right now, there are people dying all over this world right now. As fast as you snap your finger, there's somebody dying. There's somebody being born. There's somebody dying and going to hell. There's somebody dying and going to heaven. Where are you? Where am I with my relationship with the Lord? 
the cradle's important. If he hadn't been, he wouldn't have been placed in that manger and wrapped in swaddling clothes for those who came uh, to see. We also see Jesus after he began to grow and grow up, he was consecrated. At the age of 12, we find him in the temple. And his parents had, had, missed, had lost him, and so they began to search for him. When they found him, they said, Son, you, you, we were worried. We didn't know where you were. And he said, I must be about my father's business. No matter what business you have, we need to be about the father's business through the business. You see, God's blessed in so many ways. You walk through the parking lot, you see the nice vehicles. You walk down the street, you see all kind of beautiful lights, people providing beauty, and they, and they, and they get dressed, and they, and they want to come, and they want to they do, and they want to give. I thank God today you can come as you are. Hello? You can come as you are. Jesus said, come. Come as you are. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. He was consecrated to that effort. And he put forth that effort all the way till he bowed his head in the, in the garden and begged God, would you please not let me go to the cross? I don't want to go. I don't want to suffer. But he said, not what I want, but what you want. Jesus was consecrated all the way. Then we see he was so consecrated um, we see uh, the cross. You see, it was a promised death. In Isaiah 53, uh, 5, again, he's, he was wounded. He was bruised. He was beaten for you and me. I didn't have to take that beating. I didn't have to take those stripes. I didn't have to take that spit in the face and, and a fist in the face. He took it for me. He took it for you. And the least we can do is give our heart to Jesus. The greatest gift that you can give God this time is to give your heart to his son. He's promised to bless if we do. We see the, the purpose of the death was, according to Hebrews 9.22, it says, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Okay? Jesus died and shed every drop of his blood. It was not spilt. If it had been spilt, it would have been an accident. It was no accident. It was prophesied that he would die on a cross and he went and he died. He was buried and he rose again from the grave. I believe in a living God and a living Jesus and I believe he's coming and it could be soon and I don't want anyone to be left out and left behind. So it's up to us to share uh, the word of God. We see the power of this death. You see the devil and his crowd thought, hey, it's over with. Man, we, we have fought him for 30 years and now it's over with. He's dead, he's gone, he won't be back. But we know, good news kids know, three days, right Elijah? Three days, he came out of that grave and began to show himself. At one point he showed himself to over 500 brethren at one time that he was alive. Yeah, they probably looked at the scars in his hand. You remember Thomas? They were the whole crowd except Thomas was behind closed doors and they were discussing what in the world are we going to do? Our master, our leader's gone. What are we going to do? And all of a sudden he walks through the door. Well, prior to that, Thomas said, hey, I'm not going to believe it. Thomas was absent. They told him about it. He said, I'm not going to believe unless I see you, unless I see the nail prints in his hand. And when he saw Jesus, 
He said, my Lord and my God. Isn't it amazing? Sometimes we have to see. See and believing. Well, listen, you're not going to see God. You're not going to see uh, Jesus. You're not going to see the Holy Spirit. But you see the evidence of the Holy Spirit that took place right here in this water this morning. We look out. We see the wind. We, we see what the wind is doing. We see a flag flopping. Our trees are moving. And we're quick to say, look at the wind. And everybody looks. We don't see the wind. We see the results of it. The Bible says that the Spirit of God is like the wind. We don't see it, but we see the results of it. And last of all, uh, not only the cradle and the consecration of the cross, but we see the crown. Sad to say, they, plant, they, they plaited a crown of thorns and placed it upon Jesus' head with thorns and just seated it on his head and naturally blood began to run. I think sometimes as those soldiers were down under the cross throwing dice to see who was going to get his garment, bet, betting who would get it. And blood probably was dropping all around. There was one soldier that said, and I would like to think that he looked up and said, hey, truly this must be the Son of God. Must be the Son of God. I think this, how much blood did Jesus have to shed for your sins and mine? One drop would have done the job, but he shed it all. And because of that crown, hey, the Bible says we're going to have a crown. We're going to have a crown. We're going to, if we're faithful, listen, if we're faithful in our attendance, we're faithful in worship, we're faithful in giving, we're faithful in going, Bible study, prayer, he's promised there's going to be crowns for that. So listen, get out. Do something for the glory of God. Invite people to your house. Invite to take them out to eat. Do anything it takes to show them the love of God. We're in the people business here. If you don't like somebody, you need to get to like them. If you don't like your preacher, there may be a voting time soon. I don't know. You just do what you got to do. But you need to be involved with people. Without people, hey, no church. We need people. And God blesses those who come and becomes a part of what he's doing. It's amazing to me. The Christmas story has never, has never changed. It's always the same. Jesus loves the little children. All colors. All nationalities. He loves them all. You know, I think sometimes, Lynn, Lynn and I have thought many times, why in the world were we born in America? We could have, how come we couldn't, how come we weren't born in Africa? You know, we've been there. We know what it is there. And that's one thing that made it hard to stay longer and longer and longer because we knew what we had back at home. But why were we born in America? All I know is God's blessing. On our money says, hey, trust in God. In God we trust. Do we? I'm afraid some of us don't. Or if you did, you'd make things right with God today. You would follow him by accepting his son. You would follow him in baptism. You'd become a part of a local church and you would share the word and get others in. Hey, this is wonderful to see this crowd. Wonderful. And some of you have churches. I know you do. And I'm glad you do. But hey, if you don't have one, this is it. This is the best place I know to be until God relocates you. We'll love you. We'll help you. We'll try our best to guide you, just like the star guided the wise men. 
until they came, the Bible says, and that star stood right over where the Christ child was. So how in the world could that be? Because that was God's son, and God was in control of the star, and the, he knew that the wise men wanted to see the baby. They wanted to bring him gifts, so they were following a star. The world would say, you're a bunch of fools. The world today will call you a fool for following Jesus. But let me tell you something. Hey, there's no fools in heaven. The fools are in hell. man said, I don't believe in holidays. I don't care what holiday it is, I'm not going to observe it. And the man said, well, what about April Fool? That's your holiday, isn't it? You know, how, how, do, how, how come people can't just see? I mean, everywhere you go, we've had parades, we have parties, we, we're having plays at, at church, and, and then what a wonderful, glorious time of the year to follow Jesus in baptism. It's just amazing to me to see what God has done in this place today. Amazing miracle. As you heard Brother Rusty say, as long as he's been here. Now, I know they've been more baptized than they have right here. I've heard them stories too. But he said he'd never seen this many at one time. Praise God for you, families, who allowed your children to be baptized. And it's up to us to help them. Hey, it's up to us to share the word with them. They're little. They're like little sponges. They're just soaking it up. But we not, must not forget our adults who've gotten saved. Hey, they are babes in the Lord. They need guidance. They need love. You know what? Sometimes we just assume when a person gets saved as an adult, oh, they got it all, man. We don't have to worry about them. They're saved. Hey, they are a babe in Christ. They need guidance. We need to keep sharing the Christmas story. Hey, not only today, but tomorrow, Christmas Day, we don't need to forget that there are some that will do them without. Right in our own county, people are hungry. People are without. But I tell people, when, that, when, I, when they come wanting food or wanting you to do something, I, I ask them, where do you live? Then I ask them, where do you go to church? And most of them don't go. But yet they want something, you to do something. I'm thinking, if you were in a church like ours, hey, we would not let you do without. We're going to be here. We're going to do all we can to help because God said, reach out and go and love one another. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the privilege you've given us today to be in this place, to lift up your holy name. And Father, we can't thank you enough for those who have followed you in baptism today. And Lord, in this congregation right here, there's some that's lost. They've never been saved. Lord, please, Jesus, urge them to come today. You said, Lord Jesus, today is a day of salvation. And Lord, I beg you, touch their hearts and help them to come. And Father, we'll be so careful to thank you and praise you for all that you do for us. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.